All right, the spiritual gifts test. Okay, I'm just going to go in alphabetical order, but the first one I'm going to talk about is that the gift of administration, which no surprise is my first, it's my number one gift. Um, this is a serving gift. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Um, it's the special ability God gives to some to steer the body toward accomplishment of God-giving goals. And I know, listen, I'm going to go fast because it's a lot. I know some of you are taking notes. You really want to listen for yours if you know yours. If not, I'll just I'll give, make you a copy of this too. Um, if you take it on this link I gave you at the end, it gives you what I'm, what I'm reading from is what I printed out from the end of the test. It gives it to you in order just like this. So just know that I wanted to put it on PowerPoint, but we don't have internet and I couldn't email it Uh, anyway. So technology. Um, so the gift of administration, people with this gift develop strategies or plans to reach uh, identified goals. They assist ministries to become more effective and efficient, create order out of organized chaos. Well, we have that a lot. Um, remember VBS, just order out of organized chaos, manage or coordinate a variety of responsibilities, accomplish a task, organize people, tasks, or events. I have some scriptures. I'm not going to get some of them. I'm going to read the scriptures. Some of them are not. Hey guys, if you have this gift, um, you are likely to be the manager because this is not just in the church. You know, this is works outside the church world too. You're a manager, a supervisor, um, an administrative, administrative assistant, a coordinator, um, so those type people that are in those positions usually have the gift of administration. Um, so God places gifts inside of all of us, whether we're saved or not saved, cause we're all his creation. And so a lot of times you'll see people who man can really get the job done. They probably have pretty high up on their list, a gift of administration. So I just want you to, to see that. Also, we have lots of scriptures too, that I, I there, there would be no time to read all this. So, um, if you want to jot this down, first Corinthians 12 talks a lot about these spiritual gifts. Matter of fact, Paul starts out the chapter and says this, I do not want you to be ignorant, brothers and sisters. And then it goes down and says, but concerning spiritual gifts, just know that he's given some the gift of wisdom, some the gift. Okay, so when I pray in my little prayer journal in the morning, I pray this and I'll pray 1 Corinthians 12 over myself. I said, Lord, I don't want to be ignorant concerning your spiritual gifts. So give me the gift of wisdom and the gift of knowledge. And so we'll talk about all that. So 1 Corinthians 12 will list a lot of these, not all of these, but a lot of these. Okay. Oh, good. He got it up there. All right. Um, And it's a lot of the chapter. Okay. The second gift, um, and also, guys, this is a lot. You know what? Let me just go right on to leadership, too. I'm getting out of order here, but administration and leadership gifts kind of go hand in hand. So did anybody have administration or leadership for their number one or two? Anybody that took the test? No? You don't remember? Okay. So leadership actually was my number five on my list. And I've only given you the, my first few, but, um, that's also a lot of department heads or, um, pastors will have a leadership ability. Maybe, um, so like in, in the work world, you're again, talking about maybe a shift leader or a manager or assistant manager will have a leadership ability, leadership gift. This is a serving gift. I love that because just because you're the leader, it's a serving gift. We serve, right? That's what we do. The special ability God gives to some to set goals in accordance with God's purpose and to communicate these goals to others in such a way that they voluntarily and in harmony work together to accomplish these goals for the glory of God. People with this gift provide direction for God's people or ministry, motivate others to perform to the best of their abilities, present the big picture for others to see, 
um, model the values of the ministry and take responsibility and establish goals. So administration and leadership are your goal setters. It's the ones who can see the big picture and say, hey, guys, here's where we're going. So pastor may say, um, he, he hasn't taken the test yet either, but I would probably guess that his number one would be not pastoring. I know that's what you think. It's probably not. Actually, his number one would probably be tongue speaking, but I don't have to take the test, so we'll see. Um, but that's, you know, pastor will say, hey, guys, here's where we're going, and we're going to be strong and healthy. But an administrator will come along and say, here's how we're going to be strong and healthy, right? So he's casting the vision, but a leader, someone with the gifts of leadership or administration will say, okay, now here's how we're going to do that, right? We're going to set up our mission at department. It's going to run with these teachers, and it's going to run like this, and we're going to set the raw rangers, and then we're going to have Sunday school and, and greeters and so that's the administration part. Does that make sense? Everybody's going to fit somewhere too. That's why it's important that you let us know what your gifts are so we can put you in that right place. Because I don't know about you. I can only, because we're a big sports family. Um, Hunter is really good at first base. That's his normal position. He plays is what he's been playing for years. Every now and then, because of whatever, we have to put him at another position and it's always, I'm always like, oh, oh, because I know that's not where he is gifted at. That's not where he's practicing at. That's not where he plays good at. He can play and occasionally make the play, and, you know, he can't, but it's not comfortable. What's well, the same thing? I mean, if I, teaching is number two on my, am I surprised by that? Teaching is my number two. Um, but some of you, I, I may say, hey, can you teach? And you're like, oh, <laughs> no, because that's not real high on your giftings. But when we put people in the place of their giftings, by the way, Sister Garland Music was, um, let me just tell you how close to the bottom that was. Music was uh, the third to the last. So if you want me to get up there on that piano and play, I mean, I can play a song or two and I can sing, but you don't want me to. That is way outside of my giftings because you can doesn't mean you should. (laughs) And so, um, when you're in the place that God has gifted you and doing what God's called you to do, man, there is something about a joy in serving. And that's what we're trying to do. That's how we're going to be strong and healthy. If I, I'm right-handed, but if I try to write with my left hand, I can. I mean, you can't read it, but I, I know what I'm writing, right? Because I'm gifted to write with my right hand. Well, it's the same thing with you. You all are gifted with some gifts and abilities that God's given you. And so what you want to do is find that what that is so you can serve in the local church. By the way, everybody should be serving. It's what we're all called to do, right? And our example is Jesus who came to serve. And so, but we, we don't want to just put you in a place. There was a, there was, since we've been here, there was a lady that I, I put working with kids and, and we, it happened one time and we're like, that's not her gifting. <laughs> We're just going to change that out. And it's okay because we'll find a gifting and we'll make sure you fit in there. And it's okay to try something and be like, you know, it's not that I don't want to. It's just that's not, I don't have the grace for that. Well, then that's probably not high on your giftings list, okay? I know this is not like my normal teaching, guys, but this is kind of stuff we need to know. Because if we're going to be strong and healthy, everybody has to do their part. And my, my right hand can't say, well, just because I'm not being used, I'm not going to do anything. No, it, it needs to do it's what it's called to do. We are a body, and so we're all going to do what we're called to do. Okay, number two, <laughs> apostle. 
Apostle is one of the fivefold ministry gifts. Um, this would be this is a leadership gift. Um, this would be this. It's one of the fivefold. This would be the special ability God gives to some to exercise general leadership or oversight over a number of churches with an authority in spiritual matters, which is readily recognized. Um, people with this gift pioneer and establish new ministries or churches. Listen to this because pastor is under the the office of apostle. Okay. So listen to this, what people with this, and see if this doesn't sound like him. People with this gift pioneer and establish new ministries or churches. Well, I don't know about you, but this has kind of been a new church start, right? Adapt to different surroundings by being culturally sensitive and aware. Desire to minister to unreached people in your community or other communities. Have responsibility to oversee ministries or groups. Demonstrate authority and vision for the mission of the church. And so this, this would be your missionaries, your church planners, your pastors. Um, and I think I talk, talked about this when I taught on the fivefold ministry. You know, we always thought pastor would be under the office of pastor and out of the fivefold. And he was more under the office of apostle. But we realized that sometimes God will have to send the apostle to be in place of the pastor to do what he needs to accomplish it to do. We'll talk about the pastor in a minute. Um, it doesn't mean that he can't, be under, can't have pastor giftings. It just means that for his call on his life, it's going to be, well, the two churches we pastored haven't been easy churches to pastor, but God is blessed because of the apostle giftings inside of, of Pastor Mo. So um, not that, hey, it's been a joy so far, so it's been good. Okay, number three, celibacy. This was the lowest on mine, and if you're married, this would be your lowest. So celibacy is, by the way, I'll talk, talk about my brother-in-law because he's not in here, but Jeremy took his test and sent it to me, and he had like a, a 17 in celibacy. And I said, uh, Jeremy, we might need to talk because you're married. <laughs> he goes, well, I don't think I understood the question. I'm like, when it says, are you okay being alone? But then it says in parentheses, zero, pl- click zero if you're married. Okay, I'm okay being by myself. But I click zero because I'm married. He goes, oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so if you're married, this should be zero. Okay, just saying. All right. It's funny. Y'all can give him a hard time when you see him. Okay, celibacy. The special ability God gives to some to voluntarily remain single without regret and with the ability to maintain control over sexual impulses so as to serve the Lord without distraction. People with this gift's this gift, remain single so as to be able to devote themselves completely to ministry. They have other gifts that are used more effectively because they are celibate. I have a missionary friend that you may know, um, Donna uh, from the Philippines, Donna Brown. And she's never married. And she often, when I would see her, we're really good friends. And I would, y'all know Donna? Anybody remember Donna Brown? Yeah. We would talk about, and she's like, you know, if the Lord would send me a husband, I would gladly have a husband. But she said, I really just don't have time for that. I, I got to be about the father's business and that would be a distraction. And I remember thinking, hmm, <laughs> that's crazy. But you know what? God gives Paul in the Bible. He gave a special gift of celibacy to, right? And so that's not for everybody. That surely wasn't for me and it may not be for you, but that is for some people. And we're not to judge people like that. If they, if they feel like, you know, the priest, they take this vow to be celibate, you know, and Hey, if that's, if that's what, that's the giftings God's given them, we can't judge that, you know? And so if you're married though, don't even think that's for you. That's not, okay, moving on. 
craftsmanship. This is my second to last one. And Brother Bernie, I thought about you when I was studying this because um, I can't make anything out of wood or anything with my hands like that. Like I am not crafty at all. I mean, I am, I can scrapbook, but like this was, this would be like, let me tell you what this is. And I thought about brother Bernie. Cause I mean, over the years, this has definitely been him. The gift that gives the believer the skill to create artistic expressions that produce a spiritual response or strength or inspiration or a skilled craft to just make the church better. Um, people with this gift work with wood, cloth, paint, metal, glass, and other raw materials. They make things which increase the effectiveness of ministry, design and build tangible items and resource for ministry use, use their arts or their woodworking ability to enhance ministry. Um, if you, if you come to the office, um, Jesse in his office painted a mural on the wall and he was painting his office. And while he was, I watched him do this and I was like, it's, it's right above celibacy in mine. And then music is right there. Okay. So that's my three bottom. But I, and what he did was the wall was, um, some kind of orange, some color, like an orange beige. And he was painting this gray over it. And while he was painting, he would stop and come down and, and he could see it as he was painting. And so he didn't paint the mural on the wall. He painted the wall. He, it like the mural popped out of the wall. I, am I saying that right? Cause this is not my gift. And I was amazed because what happened is instead of just painting over it and then painting the mural, he just left the mural unpainted. Now, okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, okay. And it's very detailed. It's, it has a world and Jesus and the blood. I mean, it's a little bit dark, but it's the blood coming of the blood of Jesus, you know? But anyway, I, I was like, that was amazing to me. And you know, it was said by my, of Michelangelo that he wouldn't, um, like carve or paint. He would release the sculpture from the, whatever the wood he would. And I'm like, okay, that would be the gift of craftsmanship. I don't have it. I don't think pastor Mo has it either. <laughs> so we don't have that gift, Brother Bernie, you have that gift. And several of you in here, if you have that, it's God wants you to, Hey, remember the guy, Wade Burley, who's to come and do the wood carving. Okay. That probably is his number one. That was amazing. So some people do that and use that for, for God's glory. It's a gift. Don't just think that you are, oh, this is what I do. No, God gave you that. If he gave you that, that's, no, that's from God. So this would be, in the business world, your architects. Can you see that? This would be your artist, your designers, your decorators, your home decorators. You know, that would be that. So anybody have a question so far? Okay, we're going to get to the next one is discernment. The gift of discernment or distinguishing between spirits. Actually, you know what? Let's go to, can we go real quick to an NIV Exodus? Let's go back to craftsmanship. Exodus 31.3. Let's just look at that real quick. There's a few scriptures I wanted to point out in some of these. On craftsmanship, you're like, how is that spiritual? Well, back in Exodus, Exodus 31.3, when God was telling um, Moses how to build the tabernacle, he was giving him all this. And he says, and I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. That's craftsmanship right there. God was given them. If you read the rest of that, I just pulled out the one scripture. But if you read to design artistic works to work in gold and silver and bronze. Is there more? I guess. And cutting jewels for setting and carving wood and to work in all manner of workmanship. God gifted people in that. That's a gift. And so 
We don't want to take that lightly. If that's, if that, hey, that's what you called to do. Come see us. We got plenty of stuff for you to do around here. Okay. Discern, discernment or distinguishing of gifts. Let's go to first King three, nine. This would be, um, people with this gift distinguish truth from error. It says this, a special ability God gives to some to know with assurance whether certain behavior or teaching is from God, from Satan or from human error or human power. People with this gift can identify deception in others with accuracy and appropriateness. They can determine whether a word attributed to God is authentic. They're able to sense the presence of good or evil. First Kings 3, 9 says this. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between. Oh, can we go back? Oh, is that it? Oh, NIV. Okay. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong for who is able to govern this great people of yours. God is going to, he can give you that. If you have that gift, um, you're the watchman of the church. You're the watchman. I know these lights aren't about to go out again. Did y'all see them get dim? Okay. (laughs) Remember last time? Okay. We're not going to stop teaching. Um, these will be your watchmen. These will be the people that will, um, the, the be under, well, I can't read what I wrote. That will be under authority. These watchmen will be under authority. They will call, if not, they'll cause division. They're, okay, they're the counterfeit experts. I just kind of wrote some things down as I was studying this morning. These are the people that have a discerning spirit that kind of know when they walk into a place if there's, if the atmosphere is good. That's a gift, okay? That's also, let me tell you that I love that gift. Um, but let me tell you the danger in it. The danger in it is sometimes we get full of pride because we start discerning and then we start using our human filter to discern if a person is right or not right. Man, if you have that gift, we need you in the body of Christ, but you have to stay under authority. You have to stay pure. It's like this gift right here, guys, is like a surgeon performing surgery with dirty hands. It can infect the body. Okay? So, if you have that gift, man, it's a powerful gift. I love it. Um, but you just got to remember that I want to do it right, God's right way. I want to be able to discern and to help his people and to help this church. Um, I've seen it work really well in ministry. And so if you have that gift, please come talk to us. If that's one of your one through five, maybe come talk to us um, because we want to work with you on that. And But we have to, we have to be really careful because the devil, listen, he is an imitator of everything God has created and he will use that for for counterfeit. When I was studying this this morning, I was thinking this would be the counterfeit experts. And you know, uh, I don't know if you know this and I don't even know why I know this, but the people who, there are people that are trained to look for counterfeit money. And what they, the training is they just, they fool with real money. All day long. They just fool with it. They play with it. They, they, they know what it feels like. So as soon as something counterfeit comes across their hands, they use their sensories to know that that's counterfeit money. Well, it's, I love that principle because it's the same thing. Man, you know it's real when you've been in the presence of God. And if you have this gift, man, you are the counterfeit expert. Because you've been so much in the presence of God, you will know immediately when it's not God's presence. And so... If, and hey, if you don't have this gift and you want it, all of these gifts, you can ask for them and God will help you with them. And, and, but he's given you, there's some inside of you that's maybe never even been unveiled. So just know that God has special gifts and we want everybody to be in their right place doing what God's called them to do. So the gift of discernment. Okay, the next one is the gift of encouragement. And I'm also going to talk about the gift of exhortation. 
Um, so let's just talk about this one for a minute. Encouragement. It's a speaking gift. So is exhortation. The special ability God gives some to offer comfort, words of encouragement, hope, and reassurance to discouraged, weak, or troubled Christians in a way that, make, that helps them to be consoled. People with the gift of encouragement come to the side of those who are discouraged and reassure them and give them hope. Also, if you have the gift of exhortation, it's a special ability God gives to some to help strengthen the weak. If you have the gift of exhortation, it's the same thing. You'll challenge or confront others to trust and hope in the promises of God um, and urge others to, to action by applying biblical truth. What I love about these is um, these are your counselors. These are your teachers. These are the ones who, um, I don't know, like I don't, and these were on my list, not, I mean, they weren't, they weren't too far down. But um, Sister Garland, I feel like you have some of this with your cards and words of encouragement. I feel like you have some of these gifts to do that. We all, whether they, it's natural or not, need to practice the gift of encouragement and the gift of exhortation. We need to encourage each other. We need to I mean, we need to encourage ourselves. Sometimes we've got to practice on ourselves until we change our own mind, right? We encourage ourselves in the Lord. And let's go to the scripture on this one I want to talk about is 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11. And it's going to be for both of these. Let's do this. Did I just turn this off? Okay. 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive out salvation through Christ Jesus our Lord. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. That doesn't sound right, but let's go one more. Therefore, here you go, encourage one another and build each other up, just as in fact you are doing. Paul is talking to the church in, in, uh, in Thessalonica. Thank you, right there. And he was talking to them, and he was saying, hey guys, encourage one another. Some of us don't have this as a natural gifting it's really hard for us to encourage one another. We, you can practice that one. You can practice. I'm gonna, today, I'm going to encourage three people on purpose. Huh? Number three? That was your number three? Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, is that, was that anybody else's number one, two, or three? Encouragement or exhortation? Yeah. Yeah. And so people probably come to you guys a lot because they know you're going to give them words of hope. And, that's, and listen, we can practice that. If that's not one of your top ones, you can practice. Say, today I'm going to bring hope and encouragement to somebody today. So practice that. Okay. That's your counselors and teachers. That's, uh, hey, that's just your Christians. How about that? Um, your, the next one is evangelist. That's one of the fivefold ministry. This is a special gift God gives to some to proclaim the gospel of salvation effectively so that people respond to the promises of Christ through com- conversion to Christianity. This would be, people with this gift communicate the message of Christ with clarity and conviction. They seek out opportunities to talk to unbelievers about spiritual matters. This would be your missionaries, your evangelists, your outreach-minded people. Hey guys, Fabian is all about evangelism. I mean, I don't care where you meet him at, he's going to talk to you about the Lord. And if you're not saved, he's not going to leave that conversation without giving you a chance to to meet the Lord. I, I love that. That is not as easy for me to do. That's not, I'm not as comfortable with, I will try to bring the conversation around. I don't usually just jump right in, but people that have this gift, they are gifted to just everywhere they go, tell somebody about Jesus. I have my spiritual kids in New York city are planting a church 
on the Upper West Side. And I, every time I go to New York, I spend some time with them. And we, there's this one place I'll take the kids to eat because they, they got this special candy they like. And every time we go, and I've, I've been there four times with them, every time we go, inevitably, Stephen finds somebody in the restaurant and starts talking to him about the Lord. Every time. I'm like... That boy's an evangelist every time. It's like he doesn't even need an excuse. He's just going to see him. Hey, how you doing? And then he'll just start talking to him about the Lord, about their relationship with the Lord. That's a special gift. If you have that, man, we need you guys. We need you guys to, to be about the business of the kingdom because we all should be doing it. But some of you are gifted to do it. Anybody had that? Is there one, two or three that took the test? Lord, send the evangelist in. We need more evangelist. Blaze for the blaze. Yeah, I can see that. But the blaze talks to me about my relationship with the Lord when he sees me. <laughs> okay, my favorite gift, which was my number three gift, is the gift of faith. Okay, if you're not asking for any of the gifts, I would suggest you ask for faith. And then take my Bible study. Because that is going to mess up your faith life for the good. Um, and then just, I, if I were you, I would ask for faith and right behind that wisdom. But that's because I'm a t- parent of teenagers. I ask for wisdom. Every day is the number your number one. It was not my number one, but it sure should be. Okay. I sure do need it to go up to number one. Um, faith. Okay. If you have the gift of faith and I put, you know what, you know what kind of people these are? Just Christians. That's what, that's, that's people who have the gift of faith are Christians. (laughs) That's what I put. The special conviction God gives to some to firmly be persuaded of God's promises and and power to accomplish his will and purpose and to display such confidence in him and his word that circumstances and obstacles do not shake that conviction. Let me just read that again. That was a lot. The gift of faith is the special conviction God gives to some to be firmly persuaded of God's power and promises to accomplish his will and purpose and to display such a confidence in him and his word that circumstances and obstacles do not shake that conviction. People with this gift believe, I could just period right there. They believe the promises of God and inspire others to do the same. Can you, that's my number three, in case anybody was confused. I want you guys to have faith. I want you to believe. I want you to know who God is. They, people with this gift act in complete confidence of God's ability to overcome obstacles. Demonstrate an attitude of trust in God's will and his promises. Ask God for what is needed and trust him for provision. Um, we don't have to go here, but Hebrews 11 is the roll call of faith. Those people, they talk about, you know, Abraham believed God, you know, and it's the talk about everybody who believed God in my Bible. At the end of that, it's marked Chantel believe God dot, dot, dot. Cause I'm going to be added on that. I, I wasn't born yet. They couldn't put me in the Bible. So I just went ahead and added it to myself because I want to be on the roll call of faith. Who doesn't want that? She believed God. My story is not done yet. So it's just dot, dot, dot. And so if you want the gift of faith, just go. She's fine. Hi, Harper. (laughs) She's so cute. Okay. So if you want the gift of faith, man, just start praying and then believe in God. And when the devil comes to you in situations, in the circumstances, look like it's saying one thing with Melinda. Nope. Not today, Satan. Because I know what my God says. I know what his word says. And I'm going to believe. If I take it to my grave, I'm going to believe. Right? Nobody can take that away from you. So the gift of faith. Questions so far before we move on? The gift of giving. 
It's a serving gift. The gift that enables a believer to recognize God's blessing and to respond to those blessings by generously, sacrificially, and cheerfully given of one's resources. That's your time, your talent, your treasures without any thought of return. So people with these gifts manage their finances and limit their lifestyle in order to give as much of their resources as possible. They support the work of ministry with sacrificial giving to advance the kingdom. And hey, guys, it's just not about your money either. It's also about your time and your talents. Some of you have giftings here that you're not using for God. We need to pray for the gift of giving so that we can be able to give to the kingdom of God, not just working for the church, but, you know, we are about the Father's business here. And if he's called you here to be a part of this body, you're going to be about the Father's business too. Um, and so we're all, doing, we're all doing our part to make this mission happen, right? So let's, talk, let's go to Romans 12, verses 6 through 8. Talk about the gift of giving. Then we're going to talk about the gift of healing. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Some of us need the gift of grace. I don't think that's a gift, but we should ask for it. The gift of grace given to us. If a man's gift is to prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. Well, there's a gift of faith again. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. And one more. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Um, And that's just one of the scriptures if you have the gift of giving. But you know what, guys? The gift of giving as a Christian should be second nature to us. Because our father who gave, uh, Hayden, when he was in way in little school, um, did this little play. And he had this song, this solo he don't have a gift of music either, but back then it doesn't matter if you're little, you can do it. And it was, and it, it, the song was, I'm blessed to be a blessing. And so I, it sticks in my mind because we had to practice it a lot. But the whole song just in his little part talked about God has blessed me to bless others. I'm blessed to be a blessing. His blessings flow through me, not just to me. And I love that because you know what? That's all about the gift of giving. If you're blessed and you're not given, Man, you don't even know what you're missing out on, how much more blessed you can be. And so a lot of times we got to remember that, that listen, God has given us things. He's given us financial resources. He's given us talents and giftings, and he's given us time that we could use for him. And God will bless you for that, man. He'll just, that's just because that's who he is. He's a good, good father to bless you. The gift of healing. This is a sign, one of the signs gifts. The special ability God gives to some to serve as a human instrument through whom it pleases him. To cure illness and to restore health physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Apart from the use of natural means. People with this gift demonstrate the power of God. They bring restoration to the sick and diseased. Over the years, I have encountered people with this gift. The best example, whether you agree or don't agree... Is Benny Hinn, Catherine Coleman. I mean, there were people over the years, um, Smith Wigglesworth, that God had gifted with healing. Nothing to do with them and their faith, except they just had the gift and they believed. But we all can pray for the sick and see them recover. But there are people that God has given special gift of healing to. Man, if that's you, please make sure you are working with us. Because God has gifted you with that. And some people won't even know that until you take one of your spiritual gifts tests and you're like, man, I didn't realize I had some, some, some sort of gift of healing. God will give you that and he will help you um, to use that gift for the kingdom of God. 
Uh, the scripture, I'm not going to turn to it, but it's in Acts 3.11. It's when uh, Peter and John said to the, the, the beggar at the gate, like silver and gold have I none, but such I have I give to you. And they said, rise and walk. And that was the gift of healing and demonstration right there. And so there are times that God, of course, God always gets the glory, but he chooses to use us. He chooses to co-labor with us. And he gives some people the gift of healing. And so if that's you, anybody had that one, two or three? Okay, Lord, send the, send the healing gifts. Okay, helps in serving. It's a serving gift. Again, these kind of people will be Christians because they serve. This gift that enables a believer to work gladly behind the, the scenes in order that God's work is fulfilled. The special ability God gives some to serve the church in supporting role or to invest in their talents in the life and ministry of the members of the body. People with this gift serve behind the scenes whenever needed to support the gifts and ministries of others without having to be asked. They see the tangible and practical things that need to be done and enjoy doing them. They sense God's purpose and pleasure in meeting everyday responsibility. Can we turn to John 13 and 14 through 17? Let me tell you who has this gift in our church. That would be Sister Sarah. I mean, a lot of us have it, but that woman is a serving machine. And she will see things that need to be done, and she will serve. And she is the gift of helps and serving, for sure. Um, how many had that? One, two, or three? Yeah. Um, all, we all ha- should have that to some degree. It comes naturally for some people. And um, we thank the Lord for that. Okay. Romans, what did I say? No, I said John 13. Brother Witt, I said John 13. Brother Donald left. I had to give Brother Witt a hard time. John. 13, uh, verse 14, 13, 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Can we go to verse 15? I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Can we go to verse 16? I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. One more. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So Jesus was saying here, hey guys, I'm the example of serving. No one is greater than anyone else in the kingdom of God. We're all, we're all supposed to serve. So serve. So the, the people who have this gifting are called Christians because we serve. They're, they're the ones who also have faith. Okay. Any questions? No? You learning something? Hopefully, maybe. How many want to go home and take their test tonight? I want to know. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to find that link for y'all. Okay. The next gift is hospitality. How many had the gift of hospitality? Okay. You guys are my greeters. Just so you know. Okay. (laughs) We're going to talk about that later. Um, It's a serving gift. The special ability God gives to some to provide an open home, a warm welcome to those in need, food, lodging, fellowship, whatever it takes. Um, People with this gift provide an environment where people feel welcome, valued, or cared for. I love that. That people with this gift meet new people and help them to feel welcomed. People with this gift create a safe and comfortable setting where relationships can develop. I'm not going to go here, but in Luke uh, chapter 10, it's the story of Mary and Martha. And when Jesus came to visit, they just opened their home and they greeted him in. And in the church, that is our greeters. Um, In the work world, that would be customer service. We make them feel welcome. We make them feel... How many just love when you get somebody on the phone who just takes care of your issue? Yes. Yes. Lord, they are few and far between. 
But when, sometimes when you get those, you're just like, thank you, Jesus, for that favor. Um, they probably have the gift of hospitality. They're going to do what it takes to make you feel welcome, satisfied. Uh, okay? So that's the gift of hospitality. They also could be the small group leaders. Now, we don't do small groups yet. I don't know if we will ever, but um, they're the ones who are like, you know what? I want to do a small group at my house. Bring them to my house. We'll host. So, hey, there was one point in my life where that was like my number two. It's now like my number six. Um, Okay, next one is intercession and prayer. It's the serving gift. Anybody had this one, two, or three? Intercession, prayer. Okay. The special ability God gives to some to pray for extended periods of time on a regular basis and see frequent and specific answers to their prayers to a degree much greater than that which is expected of the average human. People with this gift feel compelled to earnestly pray on behalf of someone or some cause. They have a daily awareness of the spiritual battles waged, being waged, and they pray. Can we go to Ephesians 6.18? Because, you know, we just finished Ephesians. Um, there are, I have about three people in my life that, um, are intercessors that I know are intercessors. And so there have been times in my life where I needed to hear, I needed someone to hear from God to confirm something that I knew or, and so I will call these people because they have a special gift to intercede on the behalf of people and, and to hear from heaven. So if you have that gift, you are valuable to the kingdom of God, um, we all can be intercessors. Some of us have a special gift to be that. Some of us, it comes in naturally. So um, Ephesians six eighteen and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean the New Orleans saints, although it could be. So just saying, it's coming up. We need to pray. But we always, if you're an intercessor, man, that's your scripture. Say, so you know what? We need to always be vigilant to pray. So, um, if, if that's, if you're, that's why I keep saying like, send us your results guys. So we can put you in the right position because if you're an intercessor, we need to know that because there are some things that we are praying and believing for at this church that I need my intercessors on. And so, um, just know that it shows that it wasn't one of yours, but you didn't take my right, you didn't take the right test, huh? Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Okay, Miss Josie, I would think you have a gift of intercession, and I appreciate that. Okay, the gift of knowledge, which was not my number four gift. I need, a, I need wisdom to move up. <laughs> Lord, I need wisdom. But knowledge is a speaking gift, the special gift whereby the Spirit enables certain Christians to understand in an exceptional way the great truths of God's Word. Kind of goes along with teaching, huh? And to make them relevant to specific situations in the church. People with this gift receive truth which enabled them to better serve the body. They search the scriptures for insight, understanding, and truth. They gain knowledge which at times was not attained by natural means. Um, that would also be a spirit of revelation too. I don't know if that's on here, um, the spirit of revelation, but I always pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation together. It's the same thing. This would be your teachers. This would be the people that, um, uh, in the Christian world, because it's searching God's truths for stuff. Th- listen, there are people that are in the world that will all of a sudden ha- have this, I mean, if you're on Facebook, like, you know, people that you know aren't serving God, but they'll have this, they'll put post something that like, you're like, that was like a nugget of truth from God's word and they don't even know it. They probably have some of this gift here of knowledge and they don't even know it. Because every now and then there'll be somebody on my Facebook that I'm like, wait, let me read that again. Who, 
wow. And it's just a nugget of truth from God's word that you wouldn't even know unless you know God's word. And so that's the gift of knowledge, man. It's a good gift. Okay, the gift uh, leadership. We talked about that already, didn't we? That's went with administration. Okay, the next one is mercy and compassion. Um, this is the special gift whereby the spirit enables cr- certain Christians to feel exceptionally special empathy and compassion for those who are suffering physically, mentally, or emotionally, so as to feel genuine sympathy for their misery, speaking words of compassion, but so, but more so caring for them with acts of love. People with this gift focus upon alleviating the source of pain or discomfort in suffering people. They address the needs of the lonely and forgotten, express love, grace, and dignity to those facing hardships and crisis. This would be the people, the gift of mercy would be somebody, if you work in hospice, you really need this gift. Um, The the two examples I put down were um, Fabian with Celebrate Recovery. Um, just because that's a, that takes a special kind of grace and mercy to work with people who are addicts. Uh, the other example I put down was Miss Dawn at Teen Challenge. I remember when I was studying this this morning and praying about each gift, I remember being in her office with these girls who we would talk every day into not leaving. And, you know, at some point I was like, let them leave. <laughs> they don't want to be here. Like, I'm just tired of talking them into staying. She was amazing at just the mercy and compassion she had for them. To just, again, talk them into staying and listening to their story. And listen, I love people, but if I got to talk you, you know, 48 times into staying somewhere where it was free and you had a good life, a clean bed, good meals, I'm like, let them go. But she, like, it was a gift. It's a gift of mercy. And so if you have that, there are people, there are, there are ministries in the church that we would love to start up, um, that we need that probably brother blaze probably has that, that gift of mercy to just go beyond, um, what would be humanly acceptable. Like, okay, I done talk to you about this 14 times. I go, I talk again, but a gift of mercy just says, you know what? I'll talk as many times as you want to, you know, about that. And we'll help you get through. So anybody have that one on your one, two or three mercy. Okay. Miracles. It's a sign. One of the signs, um, the special ability God gives some to serve as a human, um, to go in the intermediate through whom to, he pleases to perform acts of supernatural power that are recognized by others. Um, this would, the people with this gift speak God's truth and have it, um, have it demonstrated by a miracle. They express confidence in God's faithfulness and ability to manifest um, Christ's presence. Can we go to Acts 19, verse 11 and 12? Hey, this would be your evangelist, your people with full of faith, miracles. I was saying this in Sunday school the other day, but in El Salvador, um, these kids that they rescue off the streets, I'm not going to go into it, but I talked to a story about how the gang members, their, their theology was to get a kid to do an act of crime by the time they're nine, and they would never go back to a normal life. And so the... the um, missionaries there said we're going to get these kids by the time they're nine and we're going to give them a real experience with Jesus so that they'll never go back to a normal life and one of the things by the time they're 12 to become a leader at the king's castle you have to um, be a part of a miracle so these kids from the age of about nine when they get into the program start believing God for a miracle to be performed through them and so they are basically praying in the gift of miracles so you know what that tells me we all can pray that we all can pray for God to to give us the gift of miracles. Some people have a special gift for that. They'll, I think John G. Lake was one of them, man. He had a healing ministry, but like he saw miracles, crazy miracles, if you ever read about him. Uh, let's see what it says in Acts. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. 
so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. Um, that's a gift of miracles. When you have that gift, man, you could even pray over an object and send it in its place. I remember we had an evangelist one time come through who had a gift of miracles and uh, my grandma prayed, had a, had a handkerchief that she prayed over and she put it under my grandpa's pillow for years and years and years for him to, for his salvation. And before he went to see the Lord, he got saved. And I was like, that was a miracle. I don't care how you slice that. That was a miracle because he was Catholic. And so he was going to die Catholic, but he didn't. He died knowing his Lord and Savior with a real relationship. So, I mean, he still said he was Catholic. Um, Okay, the gift of missionary. Uh, Missionary, if you have a missionary gift, that's a leadership gift. Oh, good thing I gave myself five minutes, huh? Guys, I'm not going to get into all this because I want to get into a few at the end. But if you're a missionary, that's our evangelist. We send these people out. They have an intense spirit of unease at the thought of the unsaved people in the world. They, their heart breaks for the unlost of the world. That's a, that's a missionary gift. If you have the gift of music, bless you. These, these are the people who can sing and play an instrument quite well and enjoy doing it. Sister Garland, God, that's probably it was your number one if you took this. Um, or at least in the top few. Uh, they have a special joy praising uh, singing praises to God. I think Amber must have this gift because she sings all the time. Um, the next gift is pastor or shepherd. That's one of the fivefold ministries. It's a special ability God gives some to assume a long-term personal responsibility for leadership and care of a specific group. People with this gift take responsibility to nurture the whole person in their walk with God. How many had this as their one, two, or three pastoring? Yeah, we know pastor. Did you take this, pastor? Because I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to say yours probably number one would be tongue speaking. So we may have to all figure out what yours is going to be and then we'll see who's right. <laughs> he said pastoring is number one, probably apostle. But um, anybody had this? Because you can have this gift and not be a pastor, just saying, okay? It just means that you have a need to care for the flock of God's people. You care if people are hurt. You care if people, it's... It's like I, when I was taught on the fivefold, I'd say it like this. It's like the shepherd who picks up the sheep and, and moves back the, the wool to see if there's any, you know, harm that came to the sheep. So that's a shepherd. That's the pastor. Poverty. Several people had, had uh, questions about poverty. I'm just going to summarize it real quick for you because like, like people was like, I have poverty and I don't even know what that means. Um, the special ability God gives some people to purposely live an impoverished lifestyle to serve and aid others with their material resources. People with this gift will often choose to live among people who are considered poverty stricken. Man, my best example of this would be Heidi Baker in Mozambique. But also, it's the, chose, you, also it's the people who choose a lifestyle of less so that they can give more. It's the people who say, you know what? I could have a car note, but I really don't want one because I like my lifestyle. I like to do what I do for the ministry. I like to be able to give. I like to be able to, and I don't have to live beyond my means. So if you have that, what that's really saying is that, you know what? I'm going to choose to live below my means. I could be more of a blessing with what God's given me. So some of you who've had that, just know that it doesn't mean that you want to live in poverty, because that's not what it means. It means you have a special gift to want to reach the people who live in poverty, or I just choose to give up some of the luxuries of life that I could have voluntarily to give more to God. So if you have that one. Um, prophet or prophecy, this will be part of the five-fold ministry. These are people who can basically read your mail. Um, people with this gift expose sin or deception in others for the purpose of reconciliation. My best example of that is Nathan with King David. Remember how he just exposed him? 
He was the prophet right there. Um, it, okay, this was another one like discern, distinguishing between spirits. If you have this gift, you have to be very careful. You have to be under authority because it could be a gift that can be very, um, the devil could, to, could use it and you put your own human filter on it. And um, so if you have this gift or even just gifts of prophecy where it may be words of knowledge for people, you know things about people, um, sometimes, and, and sometimes I'll, I'll have a little bit of this gift, but sometimes I'll, I'll just be sitting in a restaurant somewhere and God will speak to me about a person. doesn't always mean I need to share that with that person. It just sometimes means just to pray about that situation. Sometimes it does mean to share that. If you have this gift, man, please come talk to us. We want to help you with that. It's a gift to the kingdom. Um, I don't know how many has ever had a word from the Lord. Anybody ever been prophesied over, had a word from the Lord? And you know that that person had, that had to come from God because there's no way that person would know that. That would be under the gifts of prophecy. So that's what that is. So if you have that, ain't nothing to be scared of. We just want to help you with that. Um, I talked about teaching already, which was my number two gift. Okay, I want to spend a little bit of time on tongue speaking and tongues interpretation in my five minutes. But let me just go over wisdom and writing. Wisdom is a gift that we all want. This would be, yes, 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 which you want this. Did I talk about wisdom already? It's a gift that allows believers to sort through opinions, facts, and thoughts in order to determine what solution would be best for the individual believer. People with this gift focus on the unseen consequences in determining the next steps to take. They receive an understanding of what is necessary to meet the needs of the body. Hey, guys, we need this in the church, but if you're a parent, you need this even more. You need to pray daily for the gift of wisdom. James says, let them ask of the Father who gives generously if you don't have wisdom. So ask of the Father. Uh, the last one on here is the gift of writing. Some people write really well. This is not one of my top any part of giving. But people with the gift of writing will write stories, poems, devotions, prayers, journals, songs in their journal. Be inspired by the Holy Spirit with what they write. Um, I have a favorite author that's fun reading, and it's Karen Kingsbury. If you know her, that is a gift. Man, I read her books, and I'm like, she has a lot of scriptures in them, but, and it's just, you know, fiction, but that's a gift. There's also some other people. If you're one of those people who like to write, um, Wendy, you probably have this gift of writing. If you ever read Wendy's poems, they're inspired and great. Um, the gift of writing, that is useful in the body of Christ, man. We need that. We need more people to put their stuff in writing. Okay, the last two. Pastor, will you come help me with these two? The, we're going to talk about the uh, tongues. The, t- we'll talk about tongue speaking first and then tongues interpreting. Is how we'll end. And hey, listen, while he's coming, um, check the link on our Facebook page. I'm going to put that on there tonight for you to take your test. If you haven't, send us your results and we don't mind doing that. Send us your results, um, whether you screenshot it and send it to me or you send it by email. So um, we want to do that because we want to put you in your right place. If you can't do any of that, print them out and bring them to us. And so um, on the back of your little data sheets, I'm kind of writing what your top few are just so we can make sure we get people in the right place. So um, tongues speaking and tongues interpreting. Tongue speaking is the special ability God gives to some to speak a prayer or praise in a language they have never learned to communicate. Um, hey guys, this one is, di- okay, the gift of tongue speaking is a little bit different of being filled with the spirit speaking. Do you want to explain that? Well, you can. Okay. So, um, 
So if you feel with the Holy Spirit and you have a prayer language, which I encourage all of you to do because it is a gift, right? So that's your prayer language. That is a gift. It is a gift. But this tongue speaking is like specifically to edify the body of Christ. If you were at prayer Monday night, we had a message in tongues and an interpretation. That was part of the gifts of the Spirit. So that some, not, not everybody who speaks in tongues is going to have the gift of tongues speaking. Does that make sense? So you speak in tongues as your prayer language, which is a gift from God. We use that to, to speak to the Lord. When I, my spirit speaks directly to his spirit. And sometimes when we don't know how to pray, it's the best way to pray. Um, but when you're speaking in tongues as far as, as a gift to edify the body, um, that's, when, that's what we're talking about here as far as the gifting goes. Okay. People with this gift may receive a spontaneous message from God, which is made known to his body through the gift of interpretation. They communicate a message given by God for the church, if there is someone to interpret. The people with this gift speak in a language they had never heard um, and do not understand. Now, let's go right into tongues interpreting, because it's another gift. The special ability God gives to some to translate the message of one who speaks in tongues. If a tongue is spoken without an interpretation, the speaker is edified. If the tongue is interpreted, it is for the edification of the body. So what it's saying here is that this, if, if somebody has a message in tongues and, and it's not just your, not just in your prayer language, if they have a message in tongues for the church. And I, I mean, I, hopefully everybody's at least been in church enough, enough to know that this happens, right? Sometimes it's a message in tongues. Um, if the person who gives a message in tongues and make sure I'm saying this right. Um, if there's not an interpretation, that was just for the edification of that person. If there's an interpretation, that message is for the body of Christ. Okay. So we don't want to get confused about that. It's nothing to be, to, to be fearful of it. I, I've never thought of it like this till just now, but it's almost in the same realm as as the gifts of prophecy. God has a message for the church, for the body, and he's using it through a person who he's given the gift of tongues to and interpretation to. And so um, this wasn't real high on my list because I've never given a message in tongues. Um, But there are several times that I've had an interpretation. For me, I've never actually given it because somebody else always gave it, but it was always the same message. And so, um, hey, just for fun, the next time we have a message in tongues, you ask God, is there an interpretation you want me to give? Probably he'll give it through somebody else, but you can check the spirit to see if it's the same message. Or at least the same emphasis on that message. Now you have something to say? And you better not wait too long because I've always got something to say. But she was pointing at me and it's like, here's the problem. It's a gift of mine. It's one of my strengths. And, And it's not just when I was a pastor. It's been like that for 20 years. When, when I hear a tongues, immediately I, I start hearing from the Lord. Now, now, can I tell you? No, it's not a word-for-word word thing. It's just a message that, that I have. And, uh, and it's amazing. You know, uh, there are times that I maybe wait a little long. and somebody Because, again, I want to let you exercise your gift. I know it's my gift. You know it's my gift. I'd love for you to try it. You know, and um, and again, here's the thing on, on spiritual gifts, because, again, like any gift, there's always the possibility of abuse. So we got to use wisdom. Some of these gifts, I've seen them used amazingly in the church. Some of these gifts, I've seen them tear churches apart. OK, but here's what I can promise you guys. The, your pastors are very discerning. 
okay? And we will make sure that everything is done decently and in order, okay? Because that is the, the overriding rule when it comes to spiritual gifts, that they be done decently and in order, because the purpose of them is to edify the church, build up the church. Every spiritual gift that we talked about, every gift that the Lord has gifted you with, it's with a purpose. God just doesn't give you stuff for no purpose whatsoever. He gives it to you for a purpose, for a season. The season is now, the place is here, and we just want you to find what you're supposed to be doing so that we can begin doing it and become that strong and healthy church that God wants us to be. So again, um, if, if, if during a service you're sensing that maybe the Lord wants you to give a tongue, first question I would always ask is, Lord, is that for me or is that for the whole church? If you sense it's just for you, Right there, be blessed. Right there by you. But, but if you sense it's a little bit more, take that step of faith. Take that step of faith. And then you know what? Try, when you do that, ask for an interpretation. Because often I've seen someone give a tongue and the interpretation. It can be the same person. It can be a different person. You know, the only real guidelines Paul gives is he says, let there be two or three. Okay? So, so you're not going to have 29. Okay? But, uh, but again, the purpose of them, we don't want that to just become... Oh, it's just, it's, it's that again. No, it's something special. It's something that the Lord wants to interrupt our entire service just to encourage this body, just to bless you. So, um, Sean, good teaching. And she, you're going to close in prayer in just a second, right? Okay, the last thing. Why is this important? Not just to find your place. Let me tell you why it's important. Because I had, and I told you, I shared this with some of you. So one day I had a vision or a dream, I'm not sure. And in, in that I think it was a a vision I had. I was in heaven and when I was in heaven and Jesus said, this is, this is for your room. And I was like, okay, this is. And so he opened the door and it was all these gifts packaged, wrapped and real pretty with bows on them. And each of them had a tag on them. And so I walked in and he said, this is all for you. And I walked in and I was so excited and I picked up the first gift and it said healing And I looked at the next gift and it said faith. And I put the gift down and I looked back at Jesus and I said, what is this? And he said, this is all the things you could have asked, you could have had on earth, but you never asked me for. And I came out of that vision or dream. I don't remember. It's been a while now. And I was grieved because in heaven, faith is not going to do me any good. In heaven, healing won't do me any good. So I said from then on, I said, Lord, I'm I'm going to ask for all the gifts and I'm going to teach on the gifts because I don't want anybody under my teaching to get to heaven one day and say, why didn't you tell me that I could have believed for miracles? Why didn't you tell me I could have been the one to have a message in tongues interpretation? So guys, I'm telling you, there's 28 of them. I'm taught on tonight. We can ask for them all. There are some inside of you already that you don't even know about. Once you start asking God to reveal what you can have here on earth, I mean, what good is it going to do you for miracles in heaven? But on earth, who don't want to have miracles, right? So begin, that's why that's important. It's important to ask God for the spiritual gifts. God, which ones you give me? I'm just going to ask for all of them just in case I missed any. And I'm just going to ask for all of them. And you, as you see fit, as you determine, you give me what I can handle, right? And he'll do that. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, God, for your gifts. God, I, Lord, you owe us nothing else. God, you gave your son to die on the cross. He shed his blood. Lord, he took the stripes on his back for our healing. God, you gave us salvation. God, there's nothing else that we need from you except you choose to give us these gifts. So, Lord, let us not be 
so naive. Paul called it ignorant about the gifts. Lord, let us ask, God, and in your mercy and in your grace, as you see fit, I ask that you would begin to release gifts on your people. Lord, let, it, let Lighthouse be known as a church that only loves people, but does some extraordinary things because we believed. The only thing is we just believed that we could have these gifts. So what I ask right now that you would be even tonight begin to release gifts over your people. But we thank you, God, that those gifts are going to help us reach the mission of this church and get, give us Berwick as our inheritance. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.